0: I am Jay Barrett and this is the regular Thursday COVID brief and I think on the line we have uh, Dorotha Ferraro. Hi Dorotha are you there? Good morning
1: Jay I am.
0: Oh good morning Uh, I hear you loud and clear. Um, Lauren is having a little trouble uh, uh, logging in but he is going to call on the uh, telephone so we'll have him on in a minute. Uh, Wait Lauren are you there? Are you there now? Online line two?
2: It might be Peggy on line two.
0: It could be. Well, uh, until I we... I Peggy uh, out
1: there.
0: Oh, is that Peggy? Hi.
2: Good morning. Oh, good morning.
0: We're uh, having some trouble with some of our other... Um, other methods here this morning, but I'm glad you two made it on. Lauren will be joining us, uh, I'm sure, on the phone any uh, any minute now. Um, Peggy, we haven't uh, had you on in a couple of weeks. Why don't you give us a quick update of how things are going in schools? How's your dashboard uh, doing? Uh, how are things looking?
2: Well, it's been um, school for the last few weeks, um, and I apologize I haven't been here on the call, and I'm open to any questions that people have, but at this time, We're in mid-October and we're starting a new quarter and we're still continuing along with occasional positive cases and close contacts but schools have been doing a really good job about keeping students in their pods and groups and tightening up how close contact um, tracing is done and we're working as best we can to keep as many students as possible in school. The um, leadership team has and senior leadership has been talking about what are any ways that we can do to keep more kids in school if they're identified as close contacts, but nothing's changed in the mitigation plan right now. And we've got kids learning in buildings. So that's a positive.
0: Excellent. Um, and as far as the schools on the uh, lower peninsula, uh, have you have you seen any uh, changes, any significant updates to um, anything uh, uh, regarding them that we might be interested in? Masking, uh, uh, attendance, uh, etc.
2: There's no real changes, and the public dashboard is available for anybody to look at. It updates every day, a little bit after 2 o'clock with the previous day's um, counts up through like around 1 o'clock that day. It doesn't update, so Monday we have had questions. What's happening on Monday? there is a little bit of a lag on Monday and we ask people to please look at weekly trends, not at daily trends. If you see one spike in one day, but the dashboards there and each school is listed out as well as um, some metrics that list a district wide summary for a single day, a seven day summary, and then the cumulative summary. And then there's the chart that's continued. That's the seven day incident rate per hundred thousand population that's been there and trend charts. So that data is available. That's on the district dashboard at kpbsd.org, and there's a link on the homepage to get to that.
0: Mm-hmm. Earlier in the year, uh, a couple of schools, a couple of three schools, maybe a handful, had to uh, uh, institute universal masking for a while. Uh, uh, I think the last time we talked to you, they had uh, had uh, just taken that off. It, it had uh, dropped the rate back down. Uh, Anybody having uh, full masking in schools right now?
2: In the Southern Peninsula area right now, Port Graham is operating with universal masking, as well as, um, let me double check the other one, I know there's another one, Susan B. English in Seldovia is operating with universal masking, and then um, the Fireweed Academy is operating with universal masking through action approved by their APC. So that's not that wasn't um, the mitigation plan action that was through their APC. And because they're a charter school, they have the ability to do that since there isn't universal masking in place.
0: Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Um, you know, there is uh, super big news and Lauren Carroll is back on the line here. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to I'm going to jump over to Lauren. Are you there, Lauren? Sure.
3: Hi, Jay. Good morning.
0: Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Um, well, a couple of weeks ago, we, we started talking about uh, booster shots and mixing doses and uh, if that's ever going to happen. And then last week, we talked about uh, how the FDA was meeting, uh, as we spoke, really, uh, to talk about booster shots. And yesterday, they announced that, indeed, uh, uh, the FDA authorized Moderna and Johnson & Johnson boosters and says people can get a shot different from their original dose. Um, I, I don't know if I just sold all your thunder, but uh, maybe you could talk about that a little bit.
3: Oh yeah, it's kind of. Kind of a. Oh, I got a uh, echo here. But uh, yeah, it's kind of ends up being a fast-moving process, but it has multiple steps. Uh, the first step will be. Uh, this is in regards to Moderna, but also Johnson and Johnson. The FDA advisory panel has to make a recommendation and then the FDA has to authorize that recommendation. But then the next step after that is the CDC's advisory committee for immunization practices has to make a recommendation um, for each of those uh, new vaccine recommendations and then the CDC has to approve it. Um, And then after all those steps are complete, then booster doses would be available for the eligible Alaskans here in the state.
0: Oh, okay, so the C- it has to go through the CDC, even though the FDA has approved it?
3: Yeah, that's right. Uh, the Federal uh, Drug uh, Food and Drug Administration is responsible for assuring the safety of vaccines. But then the CDC's advisory committee um, has to look at specific recommendations for giving vaccines to specific groups. And so the question that they're really trying to answer there, or some of them are, is... Um, is the vaccine appropriate uh, in this time frame for these uh, folks? Um, it, yeah, and that's kind of how it goes. Huh.
0: Uh, it, the uh, FDA didn't really give much guidance on mixing doses, though uh, uh, we, we have heard a lot about, especially people with Johnson & Johnson uh, wanting uh going towards a, a mRNA vaccine like Pfizer or Moderna. Uh, do you have any thoughts on, on that, mixing doses? Have you seen, uh, can you give us any insight on that?
3: Oh, just that guidance is forthcoming in regards to mixing uh, different vaccines. Um, but what, what we think is that uh, the government is not going to favor one vaccine or the other, but they're probably going to recommend um, that folks stick with the same vaccine manufacturer if they can. But if that vaccine's not available, um, or if folks just want a different uh, vaccine, and then we're expecting that to be okay. Wow. Okay.
0: Um, I understand, actually, uh, in the Washington Post story I shared with you, uh, the uh, uh, CDC advisors, the, the ones you're talking about, uh, they, could, they could be meeting now, and they could be authorizing this by the uh, end of the week do you have any idea how how soon people will be able to start getting booster shots
3: that i don't know and we really won't know until we we get the word uh, but what i do know is that all of the vaccine providers across the state are gearing up right now and so what i mean specifically is they're placing orders uh, to fulfill that demand if if and when um, this all goes through
0: mm-hmm and uh, you don't have any uh, idea when, when that might be? I mean, the, the story made it seem like it could be imminent, like tomorrow.
3: Yeah, yeah, no crystal balls here. But uh, when, when that does all go through, you would hear it to, on the radio and on it, announcements via a health alert blast and through your medical home and other vaccination sites.
1: Mm -hmm. And Jay, um, good morning. I um, can also say that we are we are seeing those same headlines. And um, so as far as the group that would be planning a mass um, booster vaccine event, we are um, keeping in touch with each other and kind of being prepared for Um, what might be best-case scenario, and that they do get approved in the very near future, approved through all of the levels that are required prior to um, vaccines being rolled out. And under the hopes that that um, does happen, then we do have some tentative dates and um, vaccine booster um, events planned, so just in the world of helping people, you know, feel okay that these will be available once they are finally um, go through all of the different approval levels. We are hoping to be able to offer a vaccine event on Saturday, November sixth, or and or Saturday, November twenty. So we kind of the group is um kind of reserving those two dates as um, potential um, mass vaccination clinics at the high school. But until all of the approvals um, and um, groups get identified and rolled out then we cannot move forward in those plans but just those are the two tentative dates. And then once all of the boosters um, and clarity on the who and the when um, get rolled out, they would be also available at the test and vaccine clinic on Bartlett Street. And currently Pfizer is available there for anyone who was fully vaccinated with Pfizer um, prior to six months ago. Mm-hmm. and fall and falls into the approved groups, such as being 65 and older or having certain medical conditions or occupational or um, living risks.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, Peggy, you know, one of the other things that the uh, uh, FDA is looking at is um, uh, shots for kids under 12, 5 to 12 now. Uh, is there much uh, anticipation in the school district about that? May have lost her. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Lauren, we had a... a, a, a regarding the um, reports from the state, daily reports, uh, the one two days ago was uh, pretty impressive. It had 65 uh, fatalities listed. Uh, some of them went back to April, but they said most of them were September. Um maybe you could talk about the, uh, the the numbers because I I understand that it's uh, starting to ease off a little bit in the lower 48. The trends are pointing downward now. Where are we in Alaska?
3: Yeah, that's a good question. You know, when, uh, when I and we open up those emails, a real tough uh, thing to do is look at an incredibly long list of deaths that are related to COVID-19. And you know, as my eyes glance through um, that list of uh, newly recorded deaths that, that you're right, extend back to April, in relation to delayed recording, um, and also a vital records review. Um, what I'm seeing there is uh, a lot of deaths within the population centers, which we would expect uh, like Anchorage, the Valley, um, but also all age ranges. But certainly, um, it's impacting folks that are older more so, but also seeing um, several deaths in, in the age categories of fifties, forties, thirties, and twenties. And so, just want those uh, families and friends of those folks to know that we're thinking about them.
0: Yeah, you know, I uh, I was going to point out or uh, mention uh, some of those people who died were in their twenties, and it's it's just. Um, Astounding. I, I know we hear stories about how the, well, I guess it wasn't even a story. I, I think you cited the the facts last week, 20 to uh, 29, and then 30 to 39-year-olds are uh, are uh, sort of leading the way. Um, well, uh, regarding uh, just our uh, our uh, figures between us and Lore 48, what, uh, what do you have this week?
3: Well, let's uh, see. In regards to how are we doing? Alaska's total cases being reported is down 11 percent compared to a couple weeks ago. Now the entire nation continues to uh, enjoy a slight downward trend. The nationally, we're down 25 percent as compared uh, to two weeks ago. That's nationally in regards to new cases reported daily. In, and then in regards to hospitalizations uh the united states is down almost 20% compared to a couple of weeks ago but alaska staying steady or specifically up about 2% mhm uh
0: you know i um oh uh Dorotha, i was actually going to uh, follow up uh, from before regarding boosters how did the uh, your clinic pop up clinic at the high school last week go
1: It went great. Thank you for asking. Um, We were able to give over 160 flu shots, so that was really great. Thank you, everyone, for taking that um, preventive action to go out and get your flu shot. And we did um, nearly 70 boosters, so um, it was well attended, and we appreciated the support, and it was a kind of a small... um, test run for the group that um, is offering the the big events to dust off the signs and the systems and get ready for these w- what should be expected to be larger ones as uh, moderna and Janssen um, possibly get approved in the in the very near future mm-hmm. you know I, I shared uh, wanted with, to, oh, go ahead go I ahead. also wanted to share with um, with everybody on how will I know because we were just kind of mentioning that earlier. So um, we will post on the hospital website um, as soon as we learn um, not only what's available or what's approved, but we would post there when whatever is approved is available. And so just watching the hospital website. But we also have the um, vaccine call line um, activated, and it's a recording that the City of Homer keeps um, updated for the community, and that is 435-3188. And so um, if and as other boosters become approved and available, then the um, that call line will have that information. And you can access that 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, four three five three one eight eight, as well as the hospital website, sphosp.org.
0: Awesome. Uh, the other day I forwarded uh, an email to both of you. It was from a uh, listener. She didn't want to go on the air, but uh, she had a number of questions uh, regarding uh, vaccinations and uh, being seen. Uh, the main thrust of it is, uh, and I think we talked about this before, but I'm not going to guess at the answer. Uh, her question is: Can we request that we see only vaccinated healthcare workers uh, when they come in to get, uh, say, a, 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 a booster shot or uh, something like that? And that is the case, right? They can ask to make sure that they're they're seen by someone vaccinated. Rotha?
1: Well, they can ask, um, but sadly, um, that's not something that we can answer. Um, That is um, private information of that particular employee. And because it is not a requirement of South Peninsula Hospital for employees to be COVID vaccinated, um, that's not something that we would then be um, tracking in that department um, or on that shift or etc so just I mean I I read that email and I hear the concern and I understand the, um the confusing messages that Healthcare and medical care seems to be sending as far as this is in your best interest. This is in um, To protect you in as far as getting vaccinated um, however as the hospital and the care prov- one of the largest care providers for the community we also want to um, respect and Um, honor the the employees the over 500 employees who who work for us and in doing so have chosen to um, not roll out a mandate because we know that CMS, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, will be um, issuing a mandate um, any day now. I, I mean, they were um, fair in telling us in advance that it would be coming, and we were actually appreciative that they said that, so that we would not roll out a mandate that then might have to be reversed or amended to align with the federal requirement. And if you look at some of the other states, that's actually happening where hospitals or healthcare, um, did issue an internal mandate for their employees. And then their state or CMS, the, the OSHA or CMS, um, guidance will, will kind of overrule that. And then they'll have to amend their guidance to align with that. So just in the interest of being, um, fair, to employees, we just wanted to wait until the CMS guidance was issued, and then that is the guidance that we would, um, adopt, um, within our facility. I'm not certain if people realize, um, of the more than 500 employees that we have here. I don't know if they realize the variety of, um, cultures and, um, religions that are reflected under the roof. And, we've always considered that an asset, that that is really a valuable piece of our organization and our care to the community, that we have um, a real diverse group of employees, and that in that diversity, we're able to hopefully um, align our care with respect and understanding for the community um, that we care for. So it's really important that as we um, go through this, and it Really is expected in the next few days as we go through, through this, that we are able to respect medical situations, um, religious or cultural beliefs and traditions, um, to allow as many people to remain employed as possible while providing safe, um, evidence-based care to the community. And, you know, yeah. we're going on two years now where there has been no known spread of COVID from a uh, caregiver to patient or an employee to employee when proper PPE is being fully utilized. Um, We did have some cases last year at the start of the pandemic, pre-vaccine world, um, where employee to employee spread did happen, but that was in break rooms where people were not using PPE, they were sitting close, they were eating and talking and visiting. And um, that was not unique to the nation or world, that that is a known method of transmission. And since then, um, we've been, and that again, that was employee to employee. And since then, we've really, um, really, the numbers have really proven that as long as everybody is utilizing the PPE protection, there really is very little risk um, to patients um, and okay. to each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, and and then we have to rely on people's individual responsibility to wear those masks and stuff. Uh, But isn't this sort of kowtowing to uh, a minority uh, like that exactly the reason the country is in the situation it is now, you know, where we have the ability to eradicate this disease we've had it for months now and yet we have more people dying now than ever because uh, the country is kowtowing to uh, a loud vocal minority uh, you know don't people have uh, a uh, expectation that their health care providers you know understand and believe in the science behind healthcare? care uh, you know I, i'm sorry i just i i just feel that in those questions that we keep getting all the time about you know why aren't we doing the things we need to do and i i think this situation at svh is kind of a microcosm of you know the variety we have in america and and all that yes that's that's awesome but can we keep kowtowing to a minority Uh, You know, until uh, I guess until they die off from from COVID, and just the people who have been vaccinated are the ones that are left. I don't know. I'm sorry to rant. I don't think there was a question in there. (laughs)
1: Lauren,
0: you sound like you have something to say. Oh, go ahead, Dorota.
1: You know, it's yours, Lauren. Go ahead. Oh
3: yeah, you know, I guess you know. Just thinking about that, that good question is that when a healthcare provider provides a vaccine, the number one priority there is to provide the service in a safe way. Um, and there's a lot of variables there, but but one of them is this idea of infection control, um, you know, first started in the first half of the 18th century and the discipline of infection control really got going in the 1950s in our country. So I just wanna highlight that because uh, with an infectious agent that is so successful in transmitting from person to person and doing so much harm, a layered approach is, is incredibly important. Um, so uh, only vaccine doesn't do the job. Um, only six feet um, doesn't do the job. But we also have to, um, you know, keep a distance for uh, 15 minutes. So as you can imagine, something like giving a vaccine it's impossible to stay away from a- each other of uh, six feet and 15 minutes in order to provide the service. So this just kind of highlights the importance of, of a layered and thoughtful approach. And in the world of healthcare, there are a variety of standards of cares uh, of care that is built by our professional organizations. Um, and what they're really meant to do is break the cycle uh, of, uh, of an infection. So there's kind of three things that need to occur in order to transmit a virus from one person to the next. The environment has to be suitable uh, for transmission. There needs to be a susceptible host or someone that can get the infection and the virus has to be present. So something like a mask and other infection control measures like cleaning surfaces and minimizing time and proximity to each other, like the hospitals demonstrated is incredibly effective with or without the vaccine.
0: Hmm. Uh, you know we have a uh, phone caller uh, hi Wendy you're on the air
4: oh yeah sure I wanted to bring up the fact that uh, Moderna has been approved as a booster 21 hours ago on national news and it seems that you keep promoting the idea that you're waiting for approval so I would like a clarification what's going on
0: that's a good question thank you um, uh, Lauren, does this go back to the uh, uh, other committees that have to approve it? The CDC, and there's another uh, committee after the FDA?
3: Yeah, you got FDA it.
4: FDA uh, approved. Kind of Says so in the news.
0: Yes, yes. After the FDA approves it, uh, what Lauren is saying, it has to go through a uh, committee of the Centers for Disease Control, and that should happen soon, apparently.
4: Okay. You
3: got it.
0: Yes.
4: So, are we going to have to go through the rigmarole of signing up on the hospital website for an appointment
1: again? Yes, I'm sorry that that is feels like rigmarole to you, but our goal is to plan accordingly for the events so that we have enough product there, and also try to limit the lines so that lines are, you know, bearable. So yes, appointments will be requested, and that will be on the hospital website. Oh, because the booster
4: clinic with the flu shot was a walk-in, and it was fabulous.
1: It, it was. Thank you. Um, the, the total number of people who were eligible that day, um, was a lot smaller than what we anticipate, um, happening at our next event. Just because, um, so many more people on the Southern Peninsula actually received Moderna as their first, um, as, as their primary, um, COVID vaccine. So we just anticipate much higher numbers. So we really want to, um, try to just make it the best possible experience for everybody.
4: So you had mentioned that November sixth, if and when there was an approval, you might look for a date for a um, clinic. So when would the um, website be open for appointments?
1: Um, I can uh, I? I <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just do not know because it, the the product isn't approved yet, and the groups that would be eligible, I'm sorry, the product is approved, the eligible groups has not been approved by CDC yet. So until we know all of that and figure out what the potential number of people might be coming, which would impact how long the event would go, how many vaccinators there would be, et cetera, um, the the link would not be available. So So hopefully at least-
4: Or where's the best way to watch for the appointment schedule to be open?
1: Um, you can um, visit the hospital website, sphosp.org. You can call the call line four three five three one eight eight. 3188 You can um, call the vaccine and test clinic. Two three five oh two three five from nine a.m. to six p.m. So any of those, you can watch the news, listen to the radio, read the paper. Um, We will, we will get it. We will certainly get it open. The good news is that I. I I mean, the reality is that we have plenty of product and plenty of capacity, so it's not going to be that um, stampede to the to the appointments the way that it was that first round because they're that first round back in january we just really had limited product um so in this case there should be no issues with getting an appointment if you so desire
4: okay thank
1: you
0: thanks for calling wendy i appreciate there's, it go ahead Warren.
4: you know there's if you'd like to make a call certain folks
3: if you need help, that it's right Um,
4: the following tones are uh, for the calling or
3: checking in with your medical home for an appointment, that would also be a good move, too. You know, there's several folks that haven't been able to uh, access the medical home for a year or two, Um, so it might be a good time to make an appointment for an annual physical, um, get a seasonal flu shot, and then also get any questions answered regarding boosters and or third doses for COVID vaccine. Mm
0: -hmm. So, uh, Lauren, it's... um near the end of october here and uh not so much on the southern peninsula anymore but mushing season is coming up and uh, uh almost 100 years ago the uh the um there was the uh, serum run from uh I, I don't know if it started in seward or anchorage uh, uh seward is where the iditarod trail actually starts uh it's a gnome and we we all know about uh leonard sepala and uh, uh balto and uh, and, uh, you know, all the famous uh, events around that. So Alaska's not really uh, a stranger to a need for you know, serums aren't the same as uh, vaccines, but, you know, uh, urgent medical attention and pulling together.
3: Oh, yeah, that's right. That's, That's well said. And also, Alaskans were not new to challenges with access to care. You know, like the Average Alaskan travels 150 miles to access medical care. Um, And then the tribal health care system has been serving um, 180,000 Alaskans and and Native Americans for several decades. So this idea of getting vaccine or um, a preventative health care measure uh, like vaccines to folks in outlying communities and throughout population center, yeah, you got it. That's not new business
0: yeah it'd be nice if we could uh, all pull together like that again uh we have another caller uh candy hi you're on the air
5: hi um i would like to go back to the question about uh, being able to request that anyone on your health care team that you come into contact with from start to finish that you could have a team that was vaccinated and i understand um DeRotha's comments But I'm not asking if someone is or isn't, but I'm asking for people on my healthcare team to be vaccinated, because there are many people that have very vulnerable families and health situations are waiting to have procedures done that are very reluctant to have these things done when they're unsure of what the conditions are that they're walking into. So why is it in an educated system that they couldn't come up with a two-tier system that, hey, you go this way if you don't care, but you go that way if you do care and you want vaccinated people? Um, Because I think the utmost we need to protect the patients and we need to protect our staff and stop the in-house and out-house fighting and just give the people then what they want.
1: I think that's a great idea. Um, we, I, I'm sorry that we cannot offer that at this moment, just because our knowledge of somebody being vaccinated, an employee being vaccinated, is not certain. So like right now, for example, if Dorotha, if I went to Walmart and got my COVID vaccine, there's no obligation at the moment for me to inform my employer of that. So until we roll out a mandate, only then would that then become part of my employee record. And then once that happens, maybe we would be able to come up with, um, even at a voluntary level, or if not, maybe, maybe we could come up with something like that. So because, happy. Baruch,
5: uh, I truly um, believe that there would be staff at all levels that would proudly stand up and take that track to say, and I'm going to serve this population because they feel so strongly that they want what I have that I can give them. And it's not a matter of really necessarily having to know um, if the the secretary or the intake person or the pre-op or the post-op person is vaccinated maybe then they shouldn't be assigned to that patient if they're not. So thank you for taking my
1: comments. mm-hmm Thanks for the n- nice mm-hmm. idea. Happy to explore that.
3: It, the uh, I guess, I, you know, it, it kind of comes back to the main point is, you know, healthcare's ability to provide services uh, in a safe way, and then also other other kind of considerations are healthcare is having an incredibly hard time not only um, keeping staffing uh, at level level of adequate to provide services but there is not enough staffing to provide the services Um, and so I think too it's it's important to recognize that um, folks are, are not getting vaccines for a variety of reasons I read a study recently that um, up to one in five adults in the US are unable to get vaccines because of phobias related to needles. So this isn't um, just being scared. Uh, This is being um, not having the capacity to function. So these are folks that hold jobs and are are primary uh, caregivers for children. So getting a vaccine is just not an option. And then there's other folks that uh, just simply don't have access to vaccines. So when all those uh, components come together, that, that kind of leaves us um, still with the same question as how will we continue to provide uh, services in the safest way possible? And the answer has clearly been um, infection control. We so just want to say good job to all the healthcare, not only in our area, but also throughout Alaska, who continues uh, to show up every day and provide uh, these healthcare services in the safest way possible.
0: Mm -hmm. We have another caller. Hi, Donna. You're on the air.
6: There. I apologize. I'm getting another um, call right now, so hopefully they'll just hang up. Anyway, I wanted to thank you guys once again. Um, And I have a terrible echo, but I will just talk through it. Um, So, I just wanted to bring up, I was listening um, to the Borough assembly meeting a couple of weeks ago, and I don't know if I—I I just wonder if you guys would weigh in on this. But I know that we have um, freedom of speech in this country, but I was shocked with things that were said, and nobody countered it. Nobody—nobody nobody on the count or sitting on the assembly stands up and says, "Well, you know, the science says this or something." So it's—I mean. Clearly, it also is our borough mayor, um, not to mention what's going on in Anchorage. So anyway, that just makes this whole situation more difficult to get our hands around. And I wondered how you as medical providers and um, administration feel about how that impacts your ability to get a handle on this pandemic and whether or not there have been has been any outreach to those kind of entities, whether it's uh, you know city council or you know people just spouting off about what they want to be able to say as freedom of speech? But then, how about bringing in the truth? And I can take my um, answer off the air. And thank you again. You guys are awesome. Oh. And the clinics were great, by the way. So,
0: bye. Oh, thank you, Donna. Thank you. So, um, misinformation. Uh, th- this is uh, this is not news. Uh, New, I mean, uh, how's that being combated, uh, Lauren? You want to hit that first?
3: Oh yeah, you know that's a great set of questions. I don't know that I have a, a, you know, a great answer. I certainly don't have a single answer that answers at all. But our approach as public health nurses has been, and probably always will be, to um, lean into the science. Um, and what I mean there is what I think personally. Um, it's probably worth less than what uh, the science community is saying and that's because uh, this the scientific process has a way of, of an e- examining and um, in offering information that's with increased value than what I would personally say and then I, I don't know I guess the other component would be is uh, that I've tried to focus on is to listen for understanding so um, like at the borough meeting during each person's opportunity to testify. um, I I was really trying to listen um, for what that person was saying and trying to convey. And I think for me, uh, I've been able to like, uh, there's a couple of gems in there for me to understand what people are thinking and feeling and through this long pandemic process.
1: I would also add um, that using that, um, the borough assembly meeting as an example, um, you know, just when we hear opportunities to share um, more factual information or more updated information, um, just to reach out and ask for someone to do that. So, for example, um, Assembly Member um, Lane Chesley did invite Lorne and myself to then at the following meeting present um, some updated information and, and um, data that um, maybe address some of those concerns. So though these opportunities are available and Lauren and Dr. Twomey, our infection prevention um, provider, and others are um, a- available to attend a meeting, do a presentation, um, at, at any of the above, to um, help get that, the, the word out there and get the information out there. So uh, give us a call, um, shoot us an email. My number's 399-6212, and um, then we're happy to arrange for those types of um, interactions.
0: Excellent. Is there anything else either of you would like to uh, bring up that I just keep forgetting to ask you every week uh, or you have something you want to mention this week?
3: Oh, I, I guess I would just end in, in by saying uh, thanks, Jay, and KBBI for c- continuing to offer the space. Mm-hmm. And you know, who, who should get a flu a vaccine this year, that's an easy um, answer. It's everyone that's um, ages six months and older, and that that's including pregnant folks, and give your medical home a call if you have any questions about that.
0: Excellent. Dorotha any final words?
1: Well, I guess um, just, again, compassion for each other and understanding that we don't always understand um, each other as well as we might think that we do. and. Um, yeah, just really showing each other some, some permission to be, um, oh, I can't even come up with the right words right now, I just know that in the course of my day I interact with a lot of different people who have um, a lot of different situations going on in their life and it's everything right now from grief to stress to, to um, things happening in the home or their work world and there's just a lot of, there's just a lot going on right now, so. Um, as as kind and respectful as we can be to each other is greatly appreciated.
0: Excellent. Well, Doretha Ferraro and Lauren Carroll and uh, uh, off the line, uh, Peggy Erkeneff, thank you all for uh, joining us again uh, for the COVID Brief and to our listeners, thank you for the calls. Uh, they're always appreciated. Uh, that's the COVID Brief and I'm going to send you back now
4: to the studio. Thank you.